Yo, we're almost to this building right now. Thank goodness. Dude, there's so many people here. Jesus, I was not expecting it to be this big yeah, of a dude. crowd. It's a fucking award ceremony. What'd you think? <laughs> I told you it was a big deal. Hopefully. Oh, I know. I mean, this is our first time, you know, with the network and the ceremony. So I was thinking, I don't know what to Dude, this building's packed with a couple thousand people. So it's, yeah, it's crazy. Well, time to pose for that paparazzi. Let's get on out. Yep, show off the shorts. Hey, there's Conrad taking his pictures, <laughs> doing his walk, man. We'll catch up with him in a bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't seen Chris anywhere. Hopefully he got pulled over on the way. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he just Douche doesn't bag. show up. Or they gave him the wrong address. <laughs> I doubt it. The network is very fond of Chris, so he's definitely up for an award, and um, I know that he's on his way. He never returned my call last week, though. Can't they just have him accept the award like via satellite or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll take a picture with you. All right, that's all. We'll see you guys inside, man. Yo, so this is Buffalo, New York. I know. I think it was a bad idea that I wore shorts. Yeah, dude, I don't want to hear that shit. You know you're coming to a fucking snow city. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yo, Conrad, what's Yo. going on, man? Yo, what's up, boys? How are you guys? Hey, good, man. This is our first award ceremony, dude. This is pretty, this is pretty uh, neat. First time being in Buffalo. Same, man. I'm pretty nervous about all this that's uh, going on. Like, I was talking to one of the cocktail waitresses in there, and your boy Chris, like, she was pissed. Like, she was getting cussed out by him. He's taking all the free hors d'oeuvres and shit. Like, what is good? Damn, dude. I wasn't even sure if that guy was going to show up today. Um, <sighs> fuck. Damn. Might have a problem on our hands later. Yeah, she said that he's in his uh, tour bus now. Oh, yeah. His, there was his a, there's a brick in it or something? <laughs> like, someone threw a brick through his window? Shh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, no comment on that. Uh, so anyway, man, uh, it's fucking snowing here hard. I don't know how you do it, man. I mean, I get snow back in Washington, but this is fucking insane. Yeah, man, this is just Buffalo weather. Lots of snow, cold as hell. But you guys got to try out some of the chicken wings. I'm telling you, the I'm best. I'm down, dude. We'll have to hook up after this, after this show's done. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, James, uh, you're probably going to have to buy some pants first. Yeah, well, let's just get through the ceremony. Dude, before. this is a fucking black tie affair. Like, I don't know what the fuck you were thinking wearing shorts, dude. What, what are you, some sort of surfer guy? Like, dude, what's California, going on? dude. Dude, California. We, that's all we wear, shorts. You look ridiculous. All year. You look ridiculous in black shorts and a tuxedo. I'm just saying. Hey, it's a new style. Yeah, I guess so. Fucking got some Pat McAfee shit going on right here. We're going to look ridiculous if we get a, an award tonight. Yeah, man, I'm going to go over my presentation and stuff, but I can't wait to see you guys out there, and hopefully we all win something. Yeah, yeah, definitely, dude. Hey, thank you for uh, co-hosting this, by the way. That's, that's fucking awesome, dude. I, I, I couldn't have asked for anybody better to co-host this thing. Yeah, it's a hey, big honor. I appreciate you guys, man. All right, man. Well, we'll see you out there. Um, I, I hope Chris doesn't cause a scene before this thing starts, but... We'll see, see how the night rolls, I guess. Chris is a good guy. He would never do something like that. Conrad, you don't know Chris like we do. This guy is... I don't know how you would describe him. 
yeah, this is many, many years of uh, friendship. And um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this whole fucking building burned down tonight. Better watch yourself. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Here we go again. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Hey, what's up? This is your host, Jesse Carter. Pro Wrestling Shoot. It's about to get exciting. Pro Wrestling Shoot. How long is this going to last? Pro Welcome to the third annual MW Podcasting Network Award Ceremony. I am your special host for the night, Jesse Carter. We hope that you enjoy the festivities that we have in store for you tonight. And without further ado, let's kick things right off. treasure, inspiration to children everywhere, and you're listening to Pro Wrestling Shoot! Guys, we are not done yet. We have the results in for best wrestling review show of the year. And let's pop them open and take a look. Yes, it is everything pro wrestling in Conrad Cushman. so much for uh, giving me this award every week for the past I want to say seven years almost yeah seven years now uh, I've put in a lot of dedication into making the everything pro wrestling podcast work and I appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast each and every week I don't want to come up here and take too much time um, but I have to thank anybody who's ever appeared on the show uh, that includes Jesse and James from the pro wrestling shoot uh, that includes many of my other peers who are in the audience tonight. Uh, big shout out to Derek and Rob who help me every single week when I can. Uh, Casey, I appreciate you, bro, for always coming on the podcast and helping out. Um, there are so many people to thank, and if I forgot you, trust me, it's not that I've forgotten. We have interviewed so many great people from Conrad Thompson, Chris Van Vliet, Montezzi, John Connor, 
like the names can go on and on and on and you guys are all appreciated um i gotta show love to my man brian williams and graham from the uh bombcast podcast what up boys and thank you guys so much for this award hopefully this isn't the last time you see me tonight thank you Yo, welcome back to another episode of the Pro Wrestling Shoot. I am your host, Jesse Carter. Join with me, as always, my co-host, James Pinard Jr. James, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, what is fucking going on? It's uh, 2022. You know, shit gets more real. Um, I told you the other day we had tsunami warnings over here. So I'm like, yeah, that's something I wouldn't expect. You know, um, what's next? Tornado warnings? I don't know, man, but uh, yeah, 2022 just keeps on kicking. <laughs> Today, we're actually recording on Betty White's birthday, man. Um, I don't know if you realize that, but that's it's pretty cool. I mean, by the time these guys are hearing this, it'll be uh, seven days after. But um, yeah, during this segment, it is Betty White's birthday. Um, almost made it to 100 years old. Yeah, it's a damn shame, you know, she... And it's just crazy. We see I seen those magazines in the store of her celebrating one hundred, and then well, sadly she passed. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize that she had her birthday on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I didn't ever knew that. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, man, that she's not with us anymore. Um, but hey, man, life happens, and she lived one hell of one. So. We'll just have to keep it going from there. I mean, uh, yeah, what else do you say about it? I mean, 99 years old, it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, 99 years old. Jeez, I mean, would you want to live to 100? I mean, it, it's... I mean, if I, was, if I was in Betty White's shape, yeah. Of course. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't mind it. Of course. You know, she was very healthy. She was very, you know, she acted very youthful. She went to sporty events. She he went places. She was very known. Yeah, man, she's she's awesome, dude. So, man, what the fuck's been going on in your week, man? This has uh, been a crazy time. We got this award ceremony. Um, I think that we're gonna be the, the network's gonna be playing clips of that during this podcast. So, yeah, dude. I mean, it was a phenomenal time at the award ceremony. We're not gonna give away any spoilers, but um, yeah, I had a, I had a great time. Yeah, for the for our first annual uh, award showing, um, you know, very very awesome. We got to see some uh, old friends there, and uh, man, it was it was a great time for everybody. I mean, besides certain people, which I'm not going into, nor do I want to talk about them, but um, yeah, it was a very awesome time. And the visiting Buffalo was different. A lot of snow. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely happy to be back home. Um, I thought we had a lot of snow. That that was a little fucking ridiculous. But other than that, man, what else has been going on in your week? Today, uh, I was talking to you before we were recording. You went and seen a movie. What what, what movie did you go see? Yeah, it was actually um, Sing Two. I don't I don't can't remember if it's not Disney, but it's Sing oh. Two. Pretty yeah, good yeah. movie. Pretty was good. It good? Movie. I liked the I, first one. I watched it yeah, with my grandkids. This, the second one, uh, 
pretty good, I would say. They have like a, I don't want to give too much, but it's like a Las Vegas concept, if you know where they're going with oh, this. Okay. But very, very good, more characters. Um, I don't know, just like these kids movies, like they're hitting me harder. Like, I don't know, they seem to relate to the adults a little bit more, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, it's because they know that they're shitting out these movies and <laughs> they know that the parents have to take them. So they're going to give us a little bit of a adult humor in these things. I actually went and seen a movie this weekend as well. Um, I went and seen Scream 5. Is this called Scream 5 or just Scream or we're just I calling th- it the fifth I th- series? I think it's just called Scream. I, I don't know, man. I'm calling it Scream 5. It's, you know, Scream is Scream. That was the first one. Um, they didn't call it Scream 1. It was fucking Scream. So I don't know what, what was going on right here. But, yes, it was definitely Scream 5. Um, Pretty good movie. I mean, it was better than 4. I, I, I didn't think that it was, I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of the, the first three Scream films. I didn't, I didn't care too much for 4. And 5 was all right. I took my son. Um, he is not into slasher movies and he hates scary movies. And when he, when everybody told me that they weren't going to this film, they're like, no, we're not going. Nobody like, nobody in my family likes to watch anything scary. Um, scream is far from fucking scary, but (laughs) I was like, all right, if nobody's going, I'm going alone. I'm going alone. And my son being the type of person he is would not let me go to this movie alone. He said, he said, Nope, I'm going with you. And I said, that's what's up. So we fucking went and, and, uh, he, uh, he ended up liking the movie, man. He was like, this ain't scary at all. And I was like, no, dude, it's like a murder mystery and a slasher film. They're not fucking scary. This is not like demonic type horror movie stuff, which is what they're terrified of. Yeah, it's not like Texas Chainsaw Massacre from like years ago. Scream is a little different. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not scary at all. Please tell me you went to... St- Please tell me you went to the movies wearing a scream mask like everybody else does, or a Spider-Man mask when they went to go see Spider-Man. <laughs> I didn't. I did not. But which is crazy. This is this was opening night. Everybody's saying that their movie theaters were filled up for Scream. I went to our smallest theater. It's one of the theaters that don't even have like the reclining the reclining chairs or anything like that. It was just like one of these old theaters. I don't know why I wanted to go to this one. Uh, I bought tickets to this one, and, dude, there was three people in this movie theater. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just like those little, you know, nowhere movie theaters. They just never get the crowd. Like, I, I there's one by me. Same, this one, same this condition. one used to be packed all the time until we got two, two of those, like, really fancy movie theaters. Yeah, I mean, besides your, like, Edwards and AFCs and whatever else there is, yeah, and it just got those little, little theaters. Or, in my case, if I'm cheap, I'll go to the drive-in. If you guys still have those over there in Washington. I I wish we had a drive-in theater over here. We do not. Um, gosh, I miss those things so much, dude. Those were those were great times in the movie, dude. But you know what I did just watch today is, is the fucking first episode of Peacemaker, which is fucking hilarious <laughs> with John Cena. Yeah, you know, he. Uh, I think he was on uh, Jimmy Fallon or one of those talk shows hosts, I think. And... Um... Yeah, the guy has been so much in Hollywood. Um, you know, I mean, Cena is just phenomenal. Like, when these wrestlers say they're going to movies, they're going to movies and uh, or TV shows or whatever, they, they just, I don't know, they just kill it from there. 
He's one of them. He's been he, very killer on the movie scene. Dude, and he's good too, man. Like what I what I love and respect about John Cena is he's not you're not getting the same role with John Cena every movie. Like this guy is fucking putting himself out there and doing the most ridiculous shit. He is just down to get better at acting, man. And he's killing it. Like when it comes to the goofy ass comedy or raunchy comedy, this is a very 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 past rated R type show it's fucked up but um it is so funny dude and it's not like the rock you know like when you watch the rock in a movie you're getting the rock you know what i mean that's that's what you're getting he, he's he's you know playing his role it's it's like watching denzel washington too as much as i love denzel washington and the rock they're both phenomenal actors but when you watch a denzel movie you're getting denzel right like that's that's the exactly. type exactly that's the type of person you're getting um, that's what it is. When you're fucking seeing John Cena, you don't know what you're getting in these films lately, and it's and it's great. I am all for John Cena in Hollywood. Yeah, it's it's like how you perfectly summed it. When you watch Dwayne on the movie screen, you get Dwayne. You don't get like a different. You somewhat get a different personality, but it's really Dwayne. Cena is just like all over the place. Uh, I can't remember what it was that I saw from like some years ago, and it was like him butt chugging. Um, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, it's just Cena is like, man, you know, phenomenal, phenomenal guy, phenomenal actor. Um, it's too bad that you know, if he wasn't wrestling early, he could have been stuff like Mad TV and all that stuff, like other wrestlers used to do back in the day. That I would have popped for, yeah. Um, oh man, yeah, he's he's fucking killing it, dude. His first few, few movies, obviously, you got John Cena out of it but he was still very new to acting now he's just doing all sorts of stuff and i i I absolutely love it kudos to john cena i can't wait to now as i'm saying this um there are currently i'm sure there's going to be a fourth episode to this by the time i'm saying this but as we're recording it there's only three and i only got to watch one and that's why i told you i was a little late to the recording tonight because i was finishing this episode up my wife was like, I don't know how you watch this kind of shit. She is not into anything inappropriate, um, raunchy films, none of that, like, horror movie stuff. She she will watch, like, a thriller. You know, she'll watch that kind of stuff, and she'll watch, like, real-life murder documentaries and yeah, shit. Yeah, dude, but- I just can't. I don't know what it is. Some people have their funks about watching, like, real-life murder stories or stuff. I'll watch those, like, Lifetime movies and whatnot. I'm a comedy guy. I'll watch thrillers, you know. I'll watch whatever. I'm not really, you know, specific. I mean, but I don't know. The the, the death mystery stuff depends what it is. If it's it's somebody big, like Dark Side of the Ring was an example of stuff, but I don't know about the other stuff. Just, I don't know. It doesn't seem to me my approach of things to like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I like everything. Um, I, I'm into it all, man. Um, inject that shit into my veins. <laughs> like I, I, I fucking watch everything, dude. I, I watch literally everything, romantic comedies, uh, ro- romance movies, uh, thrillers, horror movies that uh, you, you name it, Ron- like raunchy comedies. I don't know if I already said that, but yeah, I watch, I watch all that shit. It's, it is what I'm all about, man. <laughs> I love, I love cinema so much. But yeah, man, I mean, there's been some cool shit happening in the Prestige world as of late, too. Um, the other day, we had an announcement that Prestige is returning to Hermiston and Richland, Washington. 
Really excited about that. It is a two-night event, the 15th and the 16th. That's fucking badass, dude. Yeah, you weren't. I don't know if you were expecting that. I wasn't. Um, Not back-to-back. Back. I knew I knew no. they were coming back here but, uh, and to both Hermiston and Ridgeland. I knew that that was going to happen, but I didn't know it was going to be a two-night event. Yeah, and he probably just got the venues like booked up and said, hey, we're taking those days. And, I'm, you know, it's a good deal. You get him back-to-back wrestling. Uh, Five-year anniversary, you know, congratulations, William. What an accomplishment. You got so much more. I think that's for April. I wonder what's going to happen for May and all the other months ahead. That's just, uh, that's crazy. That That's, you know, two nights, back-to-back yeah. wrestling. Yeah, Do you, and you remember the other announcement that they, they did tonight too, right? Uh, you would have to refresh my mind about it again. The partnership. Oh, yes, the one with... Uh, what was it? I talked about it earlier. I think it's like Tokyo Japan Pro, or I must have mixed up the name. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. That is a yeah. huge one. I was not expecting to work with a company from Japan, uh, but they got you know Japan and wrestling, fantastic wrestling over there too. It's uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro. Okay. Yeah, Tokyo Joshi. Well, Pro. my apologies on that. <laughs> no, you're you're good. Um, yeah, dude. Um, I know that. Michael, um, old co-host to the podcast, is pretty excited about that partnership. One of his favorite girls, um, <laughs> yes, the cutest in the world, uh, is is a part of that roster. So, yes, um, <laughs> yeah. But we've heard a lot about about her with him a lot of times when she was on AEW. So. <laughs> Yes, guy fucking marked out over it. I'm excited, dude. I'm excited for things to come for Prestige Wrestling. Um, Roseland is just right around the corner. It seems like it's creeping up on us every day. Uh, We got lots of new merch, guys. Lots and lots of new merch that we're going to be bringing to Roseland. So I hope you guys uh, stay tuned for that. Um, Yeah, dude, we have... I've, I've been creating some different shit over there at brain buster tees. Um, it's, it's been fun, dude. And I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really happy with the, how the product has turned out and they're really bringing my vision to life when it comes to this clothing line. So I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah. You got to come up with like different designs every single day. You know, you gotta get away from like the black, the white, just change up the colors. You know, there's so many designs people like, you know, everyone's lifestyle is different. The the color patterns always like if you want bright colors, you want dark colors. There's so many ways you can embrace, you know, your logo, your company. It's it's amazing, and you're doing good work, Ben. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And pretty soon, I want to create a symbol that symbolizes the pro wrestling shoot. So it's not just going to say the pro wrestling shoot. I want to create a symbol that when you see this symbol, you know that it's us over here at the pro wrestling shoot. Um, that's going to take some time. Because those sort of things <laughs> have a lot of thought put into the process, so um, we'll we'll figure out uh, what symbol we should go with on that. But until then, man, I mean, we're still kicking out merch. We're we're posting these podcasts. We're hitting award shows. We're fucking interrupting Trill Talk live in Roseland. We're going to Roseland for Prestige, and who knows, man? Maybe we'll sponsor. Uh, prestige wrestling in richland and hermiston who knows man i have to i'm gonna chat with william and we'll see what uh if he's got any sponsorships left open for that and if he does i i say i'm game how about you yeah that's uh you know a very good opportunity 
Um, like you said, it's like 10 minutes from you, 40 minutes for the other event. Um, and they haven't been there in, in a good while. So, and for five year anniversary, you know, it's, it's been three years yeah. since he's been here. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's going to, there's going to be so many surprises. I mean, you think Rosalind too has surprises back to back nights. There's going to be surprises. Yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. And there's a lot of other stuff that's going along in the wrestling world. James, you were bringing up some other shit earlier. We're not necessarily going to do a dirt with James Bernard Jr. Today. Um, this show is kind of full, but, uh, we do have what if coming up later. What if sting never went crow? So stay tuned for that. Um, but there is some other shit happening in the pro wrestling world, man. What was one of the topics you wanted to bring up? Yeah, so the one that really got to me, I'm surprised that AEW... Put this on screen share for you so you can screen share. Yeah, so, um, man, it's been so long I've done a screen share. Um, Let's see. So, yeah, what we have, like... So, I don't know if you heard, like, WWE was labeling the AEW women's street fight we had some weeks ago. Now they're calling it dangerous and brutal. I don't even know why they're even talking about this. And... Yeah, and I know Ty Conti, and uh, I know she got pissed off about it, and she just gave him a finger and just said, I, you know, I don't know why WWE's even, like, I'm surprised they mentioned WWE to, or AEW and just calling it dangerous and brutal. I mean, WWE's really soft, and I get it. I understand they're trying to, you know, that's Vince's thing. PG era still here. Doesn't like the thing, I guess, with AEW. I like that fight. I know you did. I mean, does... It was a good match. Yeah, so I don't know why WWE even got involved with this, to be honest. Yeah, what what brought that up? Be- before I even mentioned that, um, it was brought to my attention that on uh, two weeks ago on the podcast, we had mentioned uh, a quote from Tony Storm. I guess it was false. Um, they got me, guys. They got me. But thank you. Shout out to Conrad Cushman for letting me know that that was uh, rumor and innuendo, and it was it, there was no truth to it so apologize for that but yeah i mean this 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 whole thing what what even brought up this for wwe mentioning it did they did somebody bring this up to wwe why why is w why does it even fucking matter what Uh, what aew is doing i I don't know i honestly don't know i mean i don't remember WWE like saying anything when aew had that lights out match and it was um i think it was kenny and uh uh moxley and i think they got a fine for that from like the city of maryland or the state of maryland um, but yeah, the quote here is, if you look at the gory self-mutilation that bloodied several women in the December 31st event on TNT, it quickly becomes clear that these are very different businesses. We had an edgier product in the Attitude and in a 2022 world, we don't believe that type of dangerous and brutal display is appealing to network partners, sponsors, venues, children, or the general public as a whole. And, uh... You know what else they don't they don't uh, feel fits in a 2022 world? What you got? A full fucking arena. These guys don't even fucking fill their arenas because nobody likes their product. So what? Who the fuck are they to judge another product based on what they're doing? I mean, yeah, I get it. Uh, everybody was throwing shade at AEW because they had an empty arena one day. I think that was the last I prob- might. I think. Yeah, I think it was it pretty. Was- it was pretty empty, but. I think that, you know, with this fucking COVID variant going around, you know, people are kind of thinking twice on going to events. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't necessarily mean that they didn't want to go to this event. But also, 
AEW has been running the same fucking areas since inception. You know what I mean? So that's probably what's going on. They need to fucking go to California. They need to to branch out, come over to Washington. Dude, you'll fill up arenas over here. Guaranteed. Yeah. Come to the West Coast. Yeah, I think they just went back to the Daily's place not long ago. They've been doing a lot of East Coast, and I think it's because of restrictions and all that. Um, I know they've done Texas. They've done Florida, um, Pennsylvania. I mean, I'm waiting until they, they claim that 2022, 2022 is going to be the West Coast. So let's see what happens. Um, I, I don't know why WWE got involved with this, to be honest. I mean, I thought they were just being the bigger person, just leaving everything on. You yeah, know, it's 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 a little strange. I, I, I have no idea, but I'm like, of course, I, you guys don't believe that dangerousness. Of course, you're not in the attitude era no more. I you think know? I posted I posted this on on a forum when I seen this. I said, imagine, imagine watching one product and only wanting that style of wrestling forever. You know what I mean? Imagine not branching out and liking different things. <laughs> not not I mean? to mention they don't do this all the time with the blood. I mean, especially for the women, they've had they do what? it. They do it a lot. Well, for the women, they've had maybe like what one was the ba- one was just an occurrence. They've only I think know? they. To, but to my knowledge, they've only had two um, self mutilation matches. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, is it is it brutal? Yeah, I mean, it's not compared to like, you know, it's not compared to like GCW and all that. And I know um, it says right here, Vince. If you remember when Vince called Tony Khan's company Blood and Guts, which they were going to have that uh, event happen, and then COVID obviously happened. I just don't yeah. know why WWE's bringing up this and. Hey, we have an edge. We had a edge your product back in the editor, but 2022, we believe in the children and the public. That's fine. Do your own thing. AEW is just a different product. You know, some kids, I'm pretty sure there's kids that watch the television and get bored. Like, Hey, we want tables. We want blood, you know, yeah, what I, it is, you know, and I'm, know, and I'm shocked Tony hasn't responded to anything like this. Cause he's been, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad yeah, he hasn't responded. You know, I mean, I know Ty Conti was, like I said, was the only one that responded to this and she just, Gave the middle finger, of, and that's it. I have not heard anything else. So, yeah, um, it's it, it's all good, man. I mean, the haters gonna hate, you know what I mean? And it comes from both sides. It's it's from both. But in in this situation, I mean, I enjoyed that match. I like a little bit of blood every now and then, and you don't even see it from the women ever. So I thought that that was really cool. Um, I don't know. I thought those women that those women put their fucking lives on the line in that match, and they gave us uh, a hell of a match. So, I don't know. Kudos to them. I thought it was fun. Yeah, you know, I just don't understand. It wasn't even as brutal compared to, like, the men's matches. They draw a lot of blood. So, but it is what it is. Um, And I don't know. You heard about it. I'm pretty sure it was. Matt Cardona won the title, I think, on GCW and claimed himself as the ECW TV champ. I'm not sure why he did that. Of course, I know the first thing everyone said was, oh, he's going to get sued. <laughs> so I, I don't know what the point of this was. Um, I don't know, but why does that headline say that he threw away the title? I'm not sure. I think, I think uh, this is the article I found. I think he probably named himself and then threw it away. I don't he, even know. He did throw it away? I Let me check it out here. But uh, he defeated Rhino. Um, he held up the ECW World Championship or TV title. And then... Which Ronald was the last title holder, dude? How how did he? How's he not fucking sued for this? 
<laughs> How is he able to say the ECW television champion on, on GCW? Yeah, so here it is. By the very next day, the internet champion took matters into his own hands. Uh, he noted that WWE, who acquired ECW in 03, um, could hit him with a cease and desist for walking around with the title. Yes. Um, and he paid homage to Medusa and threw the championship into a trash can. Okay, I did not know about that. He also gave... Uh, he also told former ECW boss Paul Heyman to kiss his tan ass. <laughs> wow. So I, yeah, I, no, I don't that, know. What, that's a smart, see, smart decision. <laughs> yeah. I can see why he did it because you're fighting Rhino. Rhino was the last one to win the title after ECW went down the toilet. So I, I, I guess just for shits and giggles, just to get his name out there or just for clickbait. But it is what it is. Um, thought it was like a little different. Um, Man, so, Matt, Matt, Matt Cardona is just the, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, Matt Cardona's done a lot since he's left, like, um, you know, uh, WWE. He obviously had that a couple appearances on AEW. I think he did Impact at one point. And then GCW just caught on to him after his uh, fight with Nick Gage. That's where everything caught on to him. And now he's been, like, the biggest thing over there. So uh, very bravo for them and... Uh, and shout out to his uh, channel with um, uh, Hawkins over there. But um, yeah, yeah. So the one that everyone's been talking about, the Cody Rhodes story. How do you feel about the Cody Rhodes story? How do you feel? Where does this go in? I believe you said you got gypped by uh, somebody on Twitter saying that he might go to WWE. Oh yeah, they fucking got me again. So like all these, <laughs> all these fucking fake ass like parody accounts can go fuck themselves <laughs> i'm sick of see- reading false ass news i'm just gonna like i'm just gonna unfollow like all these dirt sheet fucking um <laughs> all these all these dirt sheet websites and 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 pages on on uh social media it, it's just be- becoming ridiculous i've seen this fake ass wwe thing that were looked legit and then once you click on it and you go to the Twitter, you can obviously see the Twitter account is not WWE. Um, but yeah, it said that Cody Rhodes was showing up tonight on Raw as Stardust as a free agent, and I just <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Because I got a notif- uh, notification from it. It wasn't even like it was so weird, dude. I got a random ass notification, a page that I don't follow, and yeah, Twitter just being Twitter, man, and. The trolls are winning, but no, this uh, Cody Rhodes being a free agent right now. I don't know what they're doing with this. I don't know um, if this. I after all this like shade that WWE's been throwing on AEW, I don't see him going into a partnership anytime soon. Um, so I think the AEW is out for the Rumble. I, I don't think that any of those guys will be there. Uh, but then again, this could all be kayfabe, and they could all just be making you think that. I, I don't know, and that would be great if it would. I think it'd be great for the fans for AEW and WWE to get involved. The possibilities are fucking endless and we can have some great wrestling content. If both these guys would pull their heads out of their asses and work together, but we all know how Vince McMahon is. So that's not going to happen. I don't as, as for Cody on, on dynamite. I don't know. Uh, I, I seen something that you guys posted earlier or somebody posted it about him winning the title with Adam, Adam hangman page or something as a heel or, free agent because that's the only way he can challenge for the title now that he's a free agent. Uh, I don't could know. Be, yeah, it could be that, or he could show up as Stardust and bring it to AEW. I don't, I don't know. I think this could be part of the storyline. 
Um, I know somebody joked around and said, hey, what if he shows up with the TNT title on SmackDown and sprays Fox over the title, over the TNT? I don't know. It's uh, it's something that caught me off guard. It, it, Fans are know. fucking wild, dude. <laughs> yeah, there's so many possibilities with this. I mean, of course, yeah, we would want WWE and AEW to coexist and, and you know, brand together. Yeah. Will it happen? No, that will not happen. Maybe down the road eventually, but not right now. Um, I don't see it happening either. I don't know, and I know Cody has not shown up on Dynamite for two weeks now. I know one week was because of COVID. Bullshit. Um, I don't know. I mean, I honestly it could be like that. Fucking bullshit, to be honest. I don't know if this is just. I don't know where you go with this. It's interesting. Maybe they're gonna have something on Dynamite if he doesn't show up. Sammy calls him out and says you're a free agent. I I don't know where they're gonna go with this. It's uh. You know, I think he was, like, one of the EVPs. So, I don't know where they're going with this. Um, I haven't seen anybody post anything if the Bucks tweeted about this or put it in their bio like they usually do. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. And I think his show, uh, Road to the Top, just finished. And then this just happened. So, I, I don't know. Tony Tony must have something working with Cody. This was one that just threw me off, but. Um, as for the Royal Rumble, I don't see him showing up to the Royal Rumble. I think that I heard was very slim, very slim that he would show up, and I I rarely doubt it. But WWE could troll around and maybe play his music. Well, this, with as much, as much as Cody Rhodes hates WWE, I don't see it happening. But you never know, man. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! We'll just have to see where this goes. Yeah, and the latest story that we were that everyone was uh, pretty proud of, Mustafa Ali requested for his request uh, to leave WWE. Um, I'm not shocked about this. I know the retribution gimmick sucked. He knew it. I knew it. He pretty much did not do much after Kofi he took his uh, spotlight after the fans just practically wanted him to win the title. Um, how do you feel about this? Where do you think he's going to go? I mean, he's an entertaining wrestler. He has their acrobatics. Um, I like his heel gimmick. It's just retribution, you know, suck. I mean, it's no secret, dude. He's probably going to go to AEW. That's where fucking all wrestlers go to end up on Dark. <laughs> that's just, that's basically what it is. I, I don't know. I was never a huge fan of Mustafa Ali, personally. But then again, when he was around, I wasn't watching much WWE anyway. So that was around the era that I kind of tuned out. Once retribution started, um, I just had enough. I, it was it was too corny for me. I just couldn't get behind it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm sure he's a phenomenal athlete. From what I've seen of him, he's really good. But um, he he never he never caught my eye, to be honest, when it came down to it. But that's not his fault. That's that's the creative. Yeah, and I guess he had an argument with Vince. Vince wanted him to do some sort of gimmick, and he said no. And they were on bad terms, and I think he was teaming up with that one dude at, uh, we just happened to have the Saudi Arabia show coming up, I think Mansoor, or how you pronounce the name, and that's what they've been doing with him. Um, yeah, he has so many possibilities. Do I think AEW would be one? I don't, I honestly think he would go to New Japan or somewhere. Um, Impact, I don't know. I mean, nothing against Impact, but I think New Japan would fit this guy very well. He has the acrobatics, he has the size. He he's a he's an incredible athlete. Um, I'm pretty sure there's going to be indie bookings that want him right away because he is a phenomenal wrestler. 
Um, yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to see him on the indies because it, it would give him a chance to shine. I mean, that's what that's what a lot of these wrestlers need to do. You know, they need to stop going from WWE to to AEW. Just fucking work the indies, dude, and 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 find your niche in this business. You know, you say that WWE couldn't give it to you with your creative. Well, on the indies, you get your own fucking creative. So build it, and if everybody likes it and it and it creates a buzz, guess what? We're going to want to see you on AEW or on a bigger platform again doing that same character that you just got over. So that's that's just my my take on it. When I when I didn't like somebody in WWE and they went to the indies, um, I got to see a whole different side of them. I like when wrestlers do that, man. It's fun to watch. It's 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 a growing uh it's a growing opportunity for all these guys. And I think that that would do good for Mustafa Ali. Fuck, I'd like to see him in prestige. Let's let's see a different side of him. Yeah, you know, and uh, this is something that I have to go off up. The the whole thing, and I'm probably not the only one on this. When you bring another wrestler that's, you know, Mustafa Ali, think he was Muslim. The whole, the thing that really makes me cringe is when they do like the non-American, like, oh, I hate America gimmick. I hate that. It's just the most basic thing. They've always got justified in that way. Um, obviously, Iron Sheik was like the first one to do that. You know, I hate America, blah, blah, blah. Um, they had Muhammad Hassan. That they make was obviously bad timing. Mustafa Ali, that's what they were. I guess that's what I think Vince was pitching for him to Jin- do. And, Jinder Mahal. Yeah, and it's just like, come on, guys. You can't come up with something like, oh, I'm not American. I don't like America. Yeah. It's it's very basic to me. It's like very basic with just someone builds, international. Builds a classic heel, though. You know, <laughs> I think the only ones I'd be fine with is like, you know, like when Regal did it back in the day. That was awesome because Regal, you know, uh, what was his gimmick? A man's man or something like that. Um, He's a man. But still, yeah. you know, I, I I don't know. I just don't. That gimmick is very cringe. It's very overdone. Give me something different, you know, but best wishes to Mustafa Ali. Um, yeah, Prestige would be a good one for him. Like I said, he has the size, the speed, the look. Um, let's see where they go with him. I'm glad that he got his, he's, he uh, granted his release and, uh, see where they go with him there. He hasn't really been utilized. Mysterious thing time. My bad. But <laughs> you're all good. Um, I was trying to play this for a second. I thought it was true. Pause. He's a man. So fucking classic. Oh, so before we wrap this up, speaking of Regal, if you've heard, he got, I think he got offered or, or somewhere around the line that there's spots that he might go to impact. Oh, I wonder how, you know, I, you know, at first I was like, ah, oh, really impact. And I'm like, you know what? It's Regal. Regal can do a lot in impact. Yeah, he, he, he can could turn that lot. company around. Look what he did for NXT. He boosted so many superstars. He can do that in impact. So, but um yeah, yeah you it'll know. be interesting yeah damn but, dude but yeah i really good. love that that william regal theme so fucking good dude i know that one and i think is i can't remember the name of the other theme song but the very dark one that <laughs> i actually gonna have a dream about that if you're sleeping you're just gonna have a dream about that 
I mean, <laughs> what fucking theme is better than this? God, <laughs> I will no. have this as my ringtone. I'm going to fucking download that shit right now. <laughs> that is going to be my fucking ringtone, dude. I love that shit. The video is so classic. Just him fucking chopping wood, doing some construction yeah, work. Yeah, like a lumberjack and then wearing a construction <laughs> hat. God, yeah. it's just so... Uh, and suplexing motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the Brass Knox was introduced at that time. I don't know if that was later, but I thought he still had that. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, Power yeah. of the Punch, right? Yeah, man, what a classic. Power of the what Punch. What a classic. Now I'm going to have to listen to that theme song over and over. <laughs> <laughs> so, a little different topic compared to last week with, you know, Pillman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. All right, guys. Well, we're going to continue on this fun journey of a podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you later on down the road. Welcome back, everybody. I am your next presenter for an award about creativity. Now, some people know when you go to these music awards, there is no creativity when it comes to dancing in somebody's video, when you own the company, when you're dancing in the videos. But creativity is one that comes from inspiration from someone's mind. And there are a lot of great people who have created podcasts, come up with different segments, and done many different things to make their show stand out. And with this, I have been just handed the official winner for this. And the winner is... For the most creative wrestling segment, the winner is the Pro Wrestling Shoot with What If. Yo, this is a huge honor. Thank you guys so much for voting us most creative segment in a wrestling podcast. Me and James have worked really hard on this What If series. Um, I can't thank you guys enough for your votes. James, take the floor. Dude, it's an honor to uh, be up here accepting this award. We always try to give you guys the best content and be creative. And uh, we've had so much love for the What If concept. And trust me, we got a lot more coming up this year, so stay tuned, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. The pro wrestling shoot is not done yet, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of this night. This is a fantastic time. This is the biggest thing that the pro wrestling shoot has ever done. Thank you guys so much for having us, and thank you, MW Network, for having me as your host and uh, our good friend Conrad Cushman as our guest co-host. Uh, thank you guys so much. I couldn't thank you guys enough. Woo! This is the pro wrestling shoot.
Pro Wrestling Shoot listeners, it is I, Conrad Cushman from Everything Pro Wrestling, here to let you know that Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans for the fans. And you guys can catch us on YouTube where we record all of our podcast episodes live, where we get fan interaction, fan feedback, and get your thoughts on everything happening in the pro wrestling world. So do us a favor, join us on Wednesdays after AEW Dynamite at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join us in the live stream. Come on in and leave your thoughts about AEW Dynamite. We also do pay-per-view reviews for all of your favorite companies, whether it's WWE, NXT, New Japan, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor. Sometimes we even pop up with a local indie review. Just make sure you're subscribed to Everything Pro Wrestling on YouTube. And if you want to listen to us on the go and you want to just listen to the audio versions, we are also featured on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, let's get back to listening to Jesse and the Pro Wrestling Shoot. the award for best live segment in a wrestling podcast and this year is no different the results are in and I'm afraid to look <laughs> the excitement is killing me alright let's, let's check it out here um, the winner for best live segment in a wrestling podcast is Mr. Chris Williams with Trill Talk from the Pro Wrestling Shoes. Yeah, for sure, man. Hey, I appreciate this shit. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I'm going to just get straight into, you know, the people I want to thank. I want to thank God first and foremost. I want to thank me for being like the best, most charismatic, most awesome motherfucking stand-up wrestling fucking whatever you want to call it that ever fucking lived. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want to thank my boy Bob. You know, he got fucked up recently, you know what I'm saying? But that's top-notch fucking security right there, you know what I'm saying? I want to thank uh, myself again, you know what I'm saying? Because I just, like, I'm just fucking great. <laughs> you heard the fucking song, you know what I'm saying? But <clears throat> I I need to just start from the beginning, you know what I'm saying? I want to let you guys know that in 1985... When I was a twinkle, a sparkle in my father's eyes, and and I came into the world, and automatically everyone that was in that delivery room saw greatly. And I want to read off some of the people that were there to witness the awesomeness that is your boy Trill. All right, let me get let me get this paper. Cut his fucking mic. Cut his mic. All right, first we have uh, Dr. Shizlowski. Yo, what the fuck? Yo, can you hear me? Yo, yo, 
All right, that is enough of that. Congratulations, Trill, and we will continue with the award ceremonies right after this short break. Walk right up in the room like fuck everybody but me, everybody but me. Looking like this all good, but fuck everybody but me, everybody but me. And I really wish a nigga would say fuck everybody but me, everybody but me. And you could be just like me, say fuck everybody, everybody but me. One of the greatest and most successful characters in all of WCW and in professional wrestling during the 1990s was the Crow version of Sting. For years, Sting was a very popular and charismatic character. He had the bleach blonde hair, the colorful face paint, and neon tights. Sting was one of the few true stars WCW had during a period of time in the early 1990s. By the time 1996 had come along, the fans in pro wrestling were changing and evolving. No longer were they cheering for the cartoon character gimmicks. No longer were they rooting for the white meat baby faces. The fans wanted more realistic characters to support and get behind. When the NWO emerged in WCW, the fans instantly gravitated towards them. All the while, guys who used to be beloved, like the red and yellow Hulk Hogan, were being booed across the country. Sting saw the writing on the wall and made the decision to start tweaking his gimmick. He stopped dyeing his hair blonde and started growing his hair out long. Sting was coming up with different ideas of how his character could change with the times, including turning into a full-fledged heel. None of his ideas seemed to fit what he wanted to do. Then one night at a WCW show in Wyoming, the idea that would change his career in the course of WCW as a whole came to light. While Sting was getting ready for his match in the dressing room, he was approached by none other than Scott Hall. Hall went up to Sting and asked him if he was familiar with the movie The Crow, starring Brandon Lee. Hall began his pitch that Sting could wear a black trench coat and paint his face white. Sting wasn't opposed to the idea and actually was intrigued by it. He started doing research on the Crow character by watching the film and reading the comics and graphic novels. This was an idea that Scott Hall had since the movie came out in 1994. While still with the World Wrestling Federation, Hall had apparently pitched the same idea to Vince McMahon. According to Dave Meltzer, the idea was bounced around the WWF and there was some consideration of using that gimmick on Al Snow. It was ultimately nixed and never used. In WCW, the storyline was set up perfectly. A bogus sting look-alike attacked members of WCW's roster in a dark-lit parking lot. The announcers thought it was the real Sting who betrayed WCW and joined the New World Order. They began bad-mouthing Sting as being a traitor, and that Sting could now stick it. This would upset the real Sting, as he felt that he deserved the benefit of the doubt, and after carrying WCW on his back for the last nine years, he deserved better. From that point, Sting declared himself a free agent. On October 21st, 1996, the new look Sting would come out and attack the bogus NWO Sting, with the rest of the NWO just simply looking on. Afterwards, the NWO got in the ring with the real Sting and offered him a position with the NWO. The last words of Sting for well over a year would be, One thing is for sure about the Stinger. Nothing's for sure. And with that... Sting walked away. During the course of the days, weeks, and months, 
Sting was rarely seen and never heard from. Instead, he would be spotted sitting in the rafters of the arenas watching with a very ominous look. The transformation and build up to this new Sting was very well done. He didn't have to cut a single promo to get over, not a single match to win favor with the fans. Just stand in the darkness and be a mysterious character. The Crow Sting changed the course of his career. It is a direction that we still see today in AEW. But today we're going to take a look back at what if this didn't happen? What if he never went with that gimmick change? What if Scott Hall's idea never came to fruition? What if Sting never went crow? What if? What if? So today we're going to be talking about what if Sting never decided to put that crow face paint on and and bring us the stinger that we all know and love today. James, this is going to be an interesting episode. I don't know how much meat is on the bone for this. As I said last week, I mean, we ended up pulling some good stuff out last week for Stone Cold Steve Austin. This week, I'm not really sure how we're going to go with this, but it is definitely a what-if asked question um, in the IWC. So, we're going to try to follow up with it the best we can, man. I mean, uh, we have some notes for the Stinger. Um, I loved the Surfer Sting. I always loved that that uh, that version of Sting growing up. But, man, there was something about him putting on that face paint as the crow and, and doing that gimmick, you know, chasing the NWO. Dude, it was phenomenal. Like, there was nothing like it in pro wrestling. It was very dark and mysterious and I absolutely loved it. Are you excited to talk about this today, James? I am. There's, uh, like you said, I don't know how much meat on the bone there is to talk about this, but it kind of brings an interesting point. You know, if you didn't do the crow gimmick, um, obviously a lot of people that I know of, they prefer the crow gimmick. But Surfer's thing was pretty badass, too. Um, I think there's a little more that would have not happened if he never went crow. Um, I guess the first thing on the bat that I would say. Um, and many people agreed on this. I thought his matches and his wrestling was better when he was a surfer sting compared to the crow. Would you feel that way? Yes, actually, uh, great point because yeah, I do. Um, his shit in the eighties was fucking awesome. Uh, absolutely loved it. Early nineties was really good too. There was just a lot of stuff there for that, for that character in sting. I always loved that version of sting, man. Um, I don't know, man. It just always takes me back to that good old great American bash. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind if, if sting was that old version, but then again, I mean, how relevant would sting be today? Not being the crow version. Yeah. The first thing I can think of, of we, we discussed this some, uh, some time ago, you sting would never join the NWO because I don't think surfer sting would have worked unless they did the black and white paint and he just didn't do the crow stuff. Um, you know, um, what else did I think of? Um, I don't know if the match for him and Hogan would have been as epic. I, I guess it would have happened. I don't think it would no. have happened like that. No. And I know another thing that I did see, um, did you think he was more of a, like, he had more of the baby face look when he was surfacing compared to the crow sting. Yes. Cause he, he was, was more, he was, he he was very, he was very much baby face as the crow sting, but um, he's like you said, he was very mysterious. Um, he just had that dark presence about him. Um, yes, I enjoyed yeah. it. 
I enjoyed it a lot, and it, it gave us different uh, renditions of Sting over the years. I mean, he eventually went to uh, the Wolf Pack, you know, and, and did the red and black face paint, but he still kind of did that crow. I mean, he changed that crow face paint, obviously. It started out as the crow, uh, and I know that you're not a movie guy, but did you ever watch that original crow movie with Brandon I did Lee? a long, very long time ago, so... Fucking phenomenal. Done. Yes, very phenomenal whatsoever. So, he... Um, Brandon Lee actually died in that movie, in the making of that movie. Um, it's incredible what he did. So it used to, it started out with him as just the crow um, face paint, right? The original crow face paint. And I do believe that was Scott Hall's idea. Um, what I've read, uh, if anybody's listening to this, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that is the version that Hall is is putting out to the public, that he gave Sting that that idea to paint his face as the crow. Um, and then eventually he turned it into his own thing, right? Like he still kind of kept yeah. the crow base, but that, he, he did I his do own have style. that here. Yeah, I do have that here. And uh, yeah, Scott Hall did say that he's the one that mentioned it. Like, hey, you should change up your style. Um, I got a little bit of quoting. Um, so here's what Scott Hall said. It was my very first TV. And of course, you know, the boys get there early and I'm just wearing the denim vest, jeans for my opening segment. I'm in there, and Sting is applying makeup at the time. He's still wearing the surfer colors and neon happy guy tights, but he's letting his hair grow out. Um, I didn't know Sting. I didn't have any heat with him, but he was the top guy. And when I was there before, I was the bottom guy. We didn't move in the same circles. We never wrestled. We never interacted. But I'm one of those guys where if I think I need to say it, I don't care what a relationship is. So Sting is putting makeup on. I said, hey, you're growing your hair out. He's like, yeah, well, I figured. Um, I guess frying it out all those years have been hard on you. He said, yeah, it was really starting to damage it. That's cool, but you're still going to wear the happy guy tights. He says, yeah, I'm thinking, wow, now I know why we didn't hang out. Um, trying to see what else. Uh, yeah, he says, uh, have you ever seen the crow? He said, no. I said to him, it's kind of like this cool dark character concept with the white face paint and the dark lines. I then said, I'm not telling you the rip off taker but rip-off taker. And uh, speaking of that, that we would have never had the idea of having taker versus thing as a match. I don't think it's, it would have. It's so strange that because of the way Sting presented himself, that we automatically assumed that the Undertaker and Sting would have been a fucking epic thing to see. That's so weird to think about because when... I mean, with the face paint and then whatever Taker was doing, it was totally, it's not the same thing. <laughs> no, it's two different personas. Yes, they were mysterious. They were dark. I mean, yeah, the concept you could do is server sting, very light. Taker, very mysterious, very dark. Um, but obviously, Crow Sting was a bigger deal. It's always been the bigger deal. We, I mean, I guess the question I ask you, Sting was the one, you know, always chasing the MWO as the Crow. Let's say he obviously stayed as the, the surfer sting, never did anything like that. Who would um, who would you have chasing the NWO then? Who would be the big star of chasing them? I don't think it would have fit the same, but I'm assuming it still would have been Sting on the WCW side, just doing his his hap, happy character. I guess I don't know, but I, you would you would assume it would still be good versus evil. That's the whole base of the storyline right nwo was taken over um wcw had to fight for their spot and for their company um it would have probably still been sting and 
people like Diamond Dallas Page and, you know, the people that were around then, Goldberg eventually came into the mix. But my my thing is, uh, how relevant would Sting have stayed if he, if he didn't make that, that huge character change? Because, dude, Sting was a fucking hot commodity when it came to selling merchandise as soon as he turned to that crow and then we got that those scorpion t-shirts and the fucking masks and and all those cool things that sting was coming up with dude i dressed for i dressed as sting uh the crow version like three or four halloweens in a row <laughs> you know what yeah. i'm saying it was it was you know like the shirts the kids were coming in with face paint he was that damn popular. I mean, I couldn't imagine WCW not having a guy coming down from the rafters, you know, holding a baseball bat, hitting people. I don't know. I mean, let's say they gave the crow gimmick to somebody else. Would they even give? Would they even mention it to someone else? Like, hey, we need somebody dark. We need somebody to dress up like the crow. I don't know if there would be anybody. Nobody could have pulled that off like Steve. No, I don't think so. Um, and... Uh, Going back to the quote, um, so I guess he ran it by Eric Bischoff, and Eric's like, yeah. And they went off their own ways, and then one day he just decided to do it, and that's pretty much how He's not taking credit that he mentioned it, but he's like, hey, I threw the crow idea out there. So, um, of all people... I'd be, I'd be would... interesting to hear, to hear uh, Steve Borden's side of this, you know what I mean? And the, uh, Yeah, and the speaking of this is, would he bring the surfer sting to AEW? Yeah. Well, or it's should possible. he have a retirement so, match? I mean, should he, he have? He did wear the Great American Bash face paint for. Uh, he did. Uh, Comic Con or whatever the fuck it was, WrestleCon or whatever it is. That, <laughs> yeah, that, some some WrestleCon thing. <laughs> I don't know if he ever did this in W or uh, WCW Impact. I think he was always the always the black and white paint sting. I don't well, know so, if he so ever that's did a, that's that. That's the thing, though. Is like he cha- he's. Since the Crow version of Sting, he's had that same persona, but he he now talks, you know, like he, he's not the same as he was in 1997. 97 was very original. I I wish that we it would have stayed like that, and Sting was the type of person that just didn't even need a mic. He was so, like his presence was so felt that you didn't even need to give him a mic to cut a promo. I felt like all that was taken away as soon as he grabbed the mic and started talking um, and then he joined the, the wolf pack and everything like all that, all the, all that momentum was gone after that for me. Yeah. It was just the thing. I think he didn't talk for, I can't remember. You remember he didn't talk for weeks and weeks and weeks. And that was the cool thing. Like people were like, when's he going to talk? When's he going to talk? And that was just like the badass thing to do. Like, I'm not going to talk. I'm just going to be sitting in the rafters, waving my bat at you, going to hit you any minute. Just seeing it every week. Hey, what NWO member is going to take out this week? What NWO is going to take out this week? It was so... It was just a thing to watch. It's like, okay, The Fiend. A lot of people just watched WWE for some time for The Fiend. That's all it was for WCW. That's all I watched WWE for. And as much as everybody didn't like that character, I loved it. Same with WCW. I don't know. I can't really say for WCW, but he was a popular commodity. Oh, he was he was phenomenal, common. dude. That um, was like what was Sting a, gonna do? You know, he was right up there with the NWO merch selling. So it's it's fucking crazy to think about. Yeah, I mean, the only one that I could think is they brought the Crow gimmick is if Taker got swerved in some way and he went to WCW. I don't know if that would work. I couldn't imagine him doing that shit. That would have been it. Would it would have fit him? 
it wouldn't have fit him at all. It would it, it would just been one of those situations that you wouldn't like at the end of the day. I I don't I don't know, man. That that it's really hard to think about Sting without ever going crow because dude, what a fucking character and we've seen him over the years you know, keep that same base, but change it up with a little bit of red face paint with, um, in, in impact, he was doing the Joker thing. He was doing some crazy face paint. Now, now you got him in AEW doing some fucking Darby or some day of the dead type shit, dude, it's fucking awesome. Like, but it all started with that crow face paint and that's what he grew his gimmick to be, man. Um, I, I don't, I don't see him going anywhere as Surfer Sting in the 2000s. Yeah, don't get me wrong, the Surfer Sting was popular. It was it was popular with the crowd. It's just the, the mysteriousness, the horror, the you know, the resemblance of the crow was just very striking. Um I don't know if you know on the top of your head, I don't know if he ever did he ever win? I think he won a couple times as Surfer Sting, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right? yeah, he won world titles, yeah. Okay. Um but yeah, I'd like to go back to the first point. The the match with him and Hogan, we would have never got that year-round match. We would have probably never had the infamous Starcade situation. I don't think, I think they would that have we pushed would, their buttons. I think I still believe we would have gotten that match with with him being the server sting. I do believe that that was still going to be a thing. The and match would have been better. I'll, I'll I, tell you I, that. I think that that was the build for it from the beginning. But I just don't think it would have been as epic as it was with Sting not talking. What I really loved about this is it started and Sting was talking and he still was the surfer Sting sort of, but with the longer hair. And and then he just kind of eventually went away for a little bit and then he came back with that crow face paint and he was up in the rafters and just a different person. Um, yeah, dude. Like I said, I think Surfer Sting would have stuck around. I think he would have still been a thing in WCW for many, many years. I just don't see how relevant he would have stayed in the title picture or in any minute main event situation. I, I think that in the eighties it was just a different time. It was the, it was that neon color time, right? Like that's what Hulk Hogan was. He was the bright yellow colors. You had the ultimate warrior yes. running around in the neon. You, everybody was really bright colored back then. Uh, even Ric Flair wore a bunch of bright colors. It was, it was just a thing to do. And, and the product that they were presenting in WCW was very real life and dark, uh, towards 96 and 97 and 98. It was a very darker feel. And I feel like sting, fucking nailed it dude when he when he made that change yeah i mean just remember the dramaticness when he joined up on aw on uh winter is coming um two years ago two years ago to be exact his sales for his shirt broke the damn website his shirts were the number one seller they broke a record if I'm not mistaken that's how popular that gimmick was i yeah. think it was a good change for him yeah he did the surfer gimmick for what over 10 years or something like that you know the you know it's crazy that the wrestling was much better when he was surfacing but the cooler gimmick the one that got you up off your seats the one that put asses in the seats was the crow sting it got more that was the like i said i compared it to the fiend that's what people watch for wcw compared to the sting um 
or to the fiend um just i don't know man it's it's crazy that just like one gimmick change and that's it you're the you're on the top of the planet it, yeah, it's crazy it's, it's it just so... takes one gimmick to get up there for some wrestlers it's just like you do a gimmick change and you're the damn best it just works for some people and some doesn't he hit the nail on the coffin and it was it was the best for him best idea for him and he kept going like you said he utilized it he brought it to impact he switched it up a little bit yeah he did the talking it wasn't as mysterious then he utilized you know he, he the thing is he used movie ideas the crow was one of them then he brought in the joker i like the concept i don't know what it is it's just some wrestlers could just you know there's certain ways you can bring up a gimmick and use movies as an idea or some something's gonna give you a better vision some uh inspiration if you will for some wrestlers and it works it worked out for steve borden and he's still wrestling to this day yeah he's fucking killing the game dude he's doing great i i just don't uh i can't imagine you know so so back in 97 i used to watch wcw nitro for one thing and one thing only and that was to see when sting was going to come out when it was so when the nwo came out i wasn't excited about the nwo like most people were i was excited for fucking sting to interrupt this nwo moment Anytime I seen the NWO on my screen, I was like, fuck, where is Sting? That's what I'm waiting for. That's the whole reason I'm watching Nitro tonight is to see where Sting is going to come come down and, and seek vengeance. You know what I mean? It was phenomenal. I couldn't imagine that same situation with uh, Surfer Sting. I just couldn't. Um, I, I, I couldn't. I, I probably would have been all for NWO. It would have been flip-flopped. You know what I mean? I would have. I mean, as much as I love the NWO... Sting was all it for me, man. Sting was my absolute favorite. And I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't think I would have been as, as pumped to see a surfer Sting come down to seek vengeance from the NWO. Yeah, I mean, could you see surfer Sting, this colorful, bright guy, coming down from the Raptors with a colorful bat and just beating up on Hogan and the NWO? Well, I don't think it would have been. I, I don't think it would have been that. But um, it definitely would have just been Sting being sting i mean we would have got him on promos more um and i don't know if shivani i don't know if you watched wcw back then obviously i wasn't wrestling was shivani like yelling sting the way he does with no. the surfer sting or was that yeah see i mean could you see shivani just calling sting just coming down with just colorful paints and just you know <laughs> it's a, it's just like just the difference of colors Man, Just, that's the, all it took. I, that first time that Tony Schiavone said it's Sting was phenomenal. But now I feel like it's beating a fucking dead horse. I can't stand like him saying it the same way. And now it's like it's not even authentic anymore. And it sounds just <laughs> terrible. It's Sting. Like, <laughs> I can't I can't do it, dude. Uh, I wish he would just stop because <laughs> the first time he said it, it was it was like, oh, just like t that touch of nostalgia. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that dude. felt I, so good. Uh, exactly. I remember the day we were both popping for it. I was on the road driving home, watching, trying to watch Dynamite while I'm driving just on a little screen. And I just see this snow and I'm like, what the hell is this? And you see Sting on the Titan train. You're like, what the hell is this? And then. Man, I don't know if the pop, I'm pretty sure the pop would have not been the same if it was Surfer Sting, but. Uh, it wouldn't have it, been, dude. And I think that, that we can establish that right now in this What If series is that um, he made the right choice, man. If, if Surfer Sting was still a thing, it wouldn't have been nearly as big as, as when he went crow because um, he, he made the best choice of his life 
doing that gimmick change. And man, I still remember watching that winter is coming. Um, I was actually watching it on my phone and, uh, cause I had family over and I was just chatting with them and just kind of, I didn't, I didn't fucking expect sting to show up at all. Like I wasn't reading, I didn't read anything about sting being in the building. None of that shit, dude. Like this was a complete shocker to me. So when sting came out, dude, I fucking lost my shit right there at my kitchen table I was like, oh, fuck, Sting's here. <laughs> I, was, I lost it, dude. I marked the fuck out. And I don't have that many mark out moments in wrestling anymore. But this was definitely one of them, dude. Sting always gets me popping. And it's all because of that crow sting. I couldn't imagine him sticking with the, the surfer sting to this day. As much as I loved surfer sting, I still, don't get me wrong, I loved that gimmick. I still loved sting back in the day. Like, it was one of my... He was one of my favorite wrestlers. I loved watching his matches with Ric Flair. I loved watching his shit with, like, uh, Big Vader and, you know what I mean? Like, Hulk Hogan, even. Like, yeah, all of his shit was fun. Yeah, and I actually have a list here of what his best match was. Um, it has both Surfer and Crowsting. Um What do you think, what do you think was his better match and what character? Was it as Crowsting or Surfer Sting on this list? Go for it. Um, so let's just start from the bottom. Okay, there's ten matches here. I think it's five and five pair. Um, I'm not sure if it's in a particular order. But let's see. Number ten, they have uh Crow Sting when he fought Jeff Jarrett at Bound for Glory 2006. Um here's one you mentioned. Surfer Sting versus Vader at Super Brawl 1993. And uh yeah, you know, you get like when you looked at Sting as Surfer Sting, you kind of get like Ultimate Warrior vibe. I don't know if that was just a look he was just going for, and that was his inspiration. Um, I haven't really heard of what was his inspiration with the colorful stuff, but um, it's so, still so, so a lot of people Sting, did. It. I think I do believe Sting was doing that whole face paint before the Ultimate Warrior. Okay, I want to I want to think that he was, but either way, he was a better fucking wrestler than the Ultimate Warrior anyway. Like I don't even like to compare him in that sort of way because Sting Sting was a fantastic wrestler and out of those two matches i'd probably still have to say um for me dude i love the old shit and i just love how wrestling was if you want to get technical his match with jeff jarrett was probably better um in in fans perspective but for me i i would rather watch the match with vader okay yeah here i'll just give you more matches and you say which ones are better or which which of the two are better so here's another one Sting okay. versus Brett as the Crow. Okay, WCW Mayhem 1999. And the other match we have is when he was surfer Sting and he fought Cactus Jack at Beach Blast 1992. And, um, yeah, and the photo they have here, if you remember, it has Sting with the surfer Sting paint. It's like red and white. Here, and his hold hair on, let me. Brown. Are you not on a screen share? Screen share that shit. Okay. Let me see it. Yeah, let's check it out. And you tell me, I don't, you might remember this from a long time ago. This thing right here. I don't recall him. Oh yeah. You, yep. Okay. So that was that was as he was growing his hair out, and that was close, close to the. I mean, it was a few years back, but he stopped doing the bleach blonde, and um, he was he was doing the darker hair now. I didn't like that version personally, but that match was actually a good match with Cactus Jack. Um, the match with Bret Hart, I wasn't as big on. I thought that though that match, on on paper, fuck man, that match looked phenomenal, right? Like Bret Hart 
versus Sting is one of those matches. But the fact that Sting wrestled in what he wrestled in 1999, um, it just wasn't there for me, man. I, I don't know. I've seen some. I've seen good matches with Sting and Ric Flair in 1999. As a matter of fact, I got to see one live with Sting and Ric Flair um, at Monday Nitro in Yakima, Washington. Um, it was a really good match. But um, for this, for out of the out of these two matches, I'm definitely going with Sting and and, and Cactus Jack in 1992. Okay, that's what I was going to go with. 1999 WCW was kind of falling apart, if you will, at that time. So here's uh, one we notably know: Crow Sting versus Triple H at WrestleMania 31. Um, and then the other one they have match here is Sting and Lex Luger versus the Steiners, Super Brawl 1991. Well. Here's my thing, man. I loved that match with Triple H. <laughs> I loved it so much, dude. I'm going to have to pick this one. I, I was not a fan of, of watching Sting in the tag matches. Um, I was never a fan of Lex Luger. <laughs> I knew so you were going to say that. Yeah, I, I, not that many people. Anything like that Lex Luger. Luger was in, I was not a fan. I loved the Steiner brothers back in the day, especially in 91. Um, they were great, but the Lex Express brother. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just can't go. I can't get with Lex Luger, man. I'm definitely picking Triple H versus uh, Sting, and and Sting was way past his prime during this match, but that was still a fucking great match. Yeah, I mean the the match would have been as impactful if you had Surfer Sting versus Triple H. I don't even think that match would have even happened if he was Surfer Sting, but you know you never know. Um. Let's see. So I guess this is the number of orders, but I'm just going to give you like two matches. Um, so Crow Sting versus AJ Styles in 2009 and Bound for Glory. And you can see here, obviously, uh, red and black. With the white face paint. See that? Yes. I loved how he mixed it up. And then Sting here, War Games, Wrestle War 1992. I'm not sure who was in the match. Oh, here we go. Uh, the On Sting Squad, it was uh, Sting, Nikolai, uh, Nikita Koloff, Dustin, Dustin Rhodes, Ricky Steamboat, and Barry Windham against the Daedra Alliance of Arn Anderson, Bobby Eden, Steve Austin, Larry Sabisco, and Rick Rude. And uh, your favorite, Dave Meltzer, gave this a five stars. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? Dave Meltzer might be right because that War Games was fucking phenomenal, and I kind of want to go watch it right now. Talking about it, I completely forgot. I don't about even this remember match. Austin. I don't remember Austin and Sting so, being dude, in the same Bobby, ring. Bobby Eaton wasn't, dude. I don't know if you've watched much um, wrestling in the early '90s and later '80s, but fuck, dude, Bobby Eaton was something else to watch. Nikita Koloff was hilarious to watch in promos. And and he was good in the ring too. I mean, these guys were Rick Rude, Steve Austin, Sting, Arn Anderson. Like, come on, man! This, you this, just on paper, this looks fucking phenomenal. I'd give it five stars just reading it. Yeah, I don't even remember seeing Austin and Sting in the same ring. I didn't fucking Barry Windham, dude. Yeah, Barry Windham, uh, Larry Dusty Sabisco, Rhodes, Rick Rude, Ricky you know. Steamboat. So yeah, I think this Can't is the obvious one. That. Yeah, I think this is the obvious one. Yeah. So this is the final two. So what do you think? So this is number two, number one. Sting versus DDP as the Crow, nineteen ninety nine. I believe this was defending the title, and um, Sting versus Ric Flair as Surfer Sting, Clash of Champions, nineteen eighty eight. This is this is a no fucking brainer right here. This is a uh, Sting versus Ric Flair, Clash of the Champions, nineteen eighty eight. Inject that shit into my veins. Yeah, two of the most phenomenal wrestlers of all time. I mean, besides Flair being, you know, Flair and his outside stuff, these two were just 
I mean, that's one of my favorite Sting matches, dude. Clash of the Champions. Um, yeah, jeez, it's and it went to a draw too. Yeah, this is this is this is probably Sting's best match ever. I'd have to say. Yeah, of all time. If I, yeah. if I had to pick his all-time greatest match, it was against Ric Flair, Clash of the Champions, 1988. Yeah, I think, um, I, I mean, I think we get the gist of it. The surfer sting was more, the wrestling was much better. The character was more He did some phenomenal as, shit as surfer sting, dude. That arrow yeah, was fucking did. great. And he, he had did. a lot of people to work with, too. Like, it was just a different time in 97 and 98. You didn't have, like, all those phenomenal wrestlers like you did in the early 90s and these guys are the guys that wanted to work and put on a good match you know by the time bischoff came in all that shit was out the window dude it was guaranteed paychecks all day we didn't have to go out there and bust our ass anymore fuck the five-star matches we're getting paid either way yeah um speaking of stink since we since we're talking about this have you seen so if you know the acclaim is actually feuding with Darby and Sting. I don't know if you've seen the rap video, and that's I have. okay. And you've seen that one guy. I don't recall his name. Dressed up as Crow Sting. Have you yeah. seen that? Yes. Yeah, that Ridiculous. was just some. Yeah, I think they yeah. call him Stang or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's let's do a little fantasy booking now with the uh, with uh, Surfer Sting here. Surfer Sting in his prime. We're gonna say 1988 because I think I feel like that was like the best of Sting that we got in in 90 uh, 1988. Let's put Surfer Sting in 1988 versus somebody in AEW. Who do you think could put on a good match with Sting? Oh man. Well, I'll always rely on this guy. I know D, um, Brian Danielson would be one that I would want to see against Surfer Sting. That'd be fun. That'd be, That'd be one. Fun. Um, obviously, you could throw Punk in there. That'd be another one. Um, Kenny and we're Omega. Strictly, and we're strictly talking about AEW, correct? Yeah, just AEW for this okay. one. Um, yeah, Kenny. Um, wouldn't mind seeing him in a brawling type of, type of match with like um, Moxley, maybe Eddie Kingston. Okay. Um, let me actually look at the roster right now, actually. Um, I don't know how it would work. Could you see Surfer Sting against Darby? I don't know, man. So, like I said, in the 80s, it was way different time. Um, different style of wrestling, too. Easily. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I would want to see somebody to work Sting style. Like, Ric Flair was poetry, him and him and Ric Flair just worked phenomenal matches to me. Um, there's something about those those two and the chemistry. I would have liked to see um, Triple H in the year 2000. 2000 Triple H versus 1988 Sting. That would have been a good. That would have been a good fucking match. Yeah, yeah. And 2000 uh, Triple H was so over the the styles. Surfer Sting versus Triple H. Um, man, that would have been a hellacious match. Of course, we got it down the road, but never got it as Surfer Sting, especially in that time of him in the late 80s. The style, like you said, it was much different, especially compared to the 2000s. That would have been a hell of a match. I'm still kind of interested in maybe seeing if we got Taker 
versus Surfer Sting. I don't know how that match would have ended up. I, I don't think have... it would have been. I don't think it would have been as much of a spectacle. No, not no. not like the the dream match that we all wanted, which was Crow Sting versus the Undertaker. Yeah, I just don't easily. think that that would have been as as big of a deal. Um, it might have been cool to see Surfer Sting versus the American Badass Undertaker. That's what I was going to throw out there. Yeah, maybe American Badass versus Surfer Sting would have been a better possibility. Um, oh, man, I'm trying to think because I know, obviously, if you pick anybody from AEW, it's kind of tough. It's tough style, because it's different just, styles, man. Easily. So you're trying to find someone that would have maybe... That would have worked like him. I would have um, liked to see him versus maybe one of uh, FTR. Either one. Yeah, yeah. Just in a singles match? That would have been cool. Maybe, I don't know why, maybe Wardlow? Yeah, yeah. That would match the 80s 80s vibe just because they did a lot of big men versus, you know. uh, I I don't know, man. It's it's really hard to pin them up against somebody in AEW. If you look at the roster, most of them are high flyers or do super kicks and all that. I couldn't put them against, like, you know, the Young Bucks or anything. Um, Just going through the roster, like, maybe MJF? Maybe. Maybe MJF. um, I think they would work a good match just because MJF knows how to tell that story of a dirty fucking rotten heel, which I love. You could do something, maybe Malachi Black and Surface Thing. You could throw that out there. Malachi Um, Black is, is... is a different character, man. Like, dude's wrestling style is phenomenal. Um, yeah, there's so many names on here. There's Lance so Sarcher. many wrestlers in AEW that are just elevated above what wrestlers were in the 80s. And that's yeah. a huge compliment. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that they can work better than these guys in the 80s. I'm saying that they are way more agile. They're way more acrobatic. They're way more risk-taking. The work and, ethic and was a lot different. Way more fast pace. Yeah, so it's it's just it's a whole different fucking world when it comes yeah. to these guys now. Yeah, like like Lance Archer. You didn't have anybody in WCW doing the things the guy does. Doing backflips and crazy shit. They didn't really have anybody doing that. Nah, especially yeah, big, big men worked like big men. Yeah. Yeah, easily. So that'd probably be... Maybe Lance Archer, that'd be one I'd throw out there. Yeah, Omega would be an interesting one. I said Moxley. Uh, I'm trying to see what other names that are kind of like, uh, not Hook. <laughs> um, no, fuck no. I'm surprised you haven't thrown Cody in there. You know what? That would actually be a really good match. I th- I think that that match would work. Cody, maybe Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. Possibly. Um, I'm just trying to, oh man, there's so many names. Brody King, maybe? Or Brian, no, Brian Pillman Jr., man. Brody, Brian Brody King? No, not Brody King. Mm. I don't think that would have been a good match. Jericho? Um, Jericho probably from the 2000s. Okay. Jericho um, now? Mean, fuck no. No. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the names I could see on your... Oh, yeah, I forgot Billy Gunn is on the is on your too. forgot he's in AEW. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, I think, man. I think the best one out there is the one you mentioned. I think FTR because they just had that brawling style. They weren't doing. They, they had that eighties vibe, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's why they're fucking putting over Sting to this day. And that's why Sting's out there having killer matches with these guys is because they're phenomenal, dude. They're <laughs> yeah. they're great what they're doing. 
Yeah, it's like a perfect alliance with him because uh, Sting, you know, like you said, him transferring from like the 80s, 90 wrestling compared to try to wrestle now. I don't know if they don't want, they, every wrestler that he's fought in AW, they haven't really done much high flying with him. He's been doing a lot of the high flying spots, you know. Yeah. Um, but like FTR is a perfect example. I mean, their their gimmick was in WWE was like, you know, uh, no flips, just fists. They kind of have like that country southern style wrestling. Yep. And that's probably the best. And that's why it just seems to be working brilliantly with him because, you know, the style's there. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think that we've established right now that we enjoy uh, the Surfer Sting style and his matches were better. Um, he has he's had phenomenal matches as, as the Crow Sting, too. But, you know, they just can't add up to a Ric Flair match in, in 1988 at Clash of the Champions. That There was a lot of fun shit that he did back in the 90s and, and uh, later 80s. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's safe to say that Surfer Sting's matches were better, but he made the best choice of all by switching that character up and giving us the memories he he did, and he made himself relevant even to this day. So I think that that is uh, it, it's hard to book. What if uh, Surfer Sting was still here? Because I don't think that that would have been necessarily the best the best thing for him. I don't think that he would have made it as far as he did if if he would have stuck with the Surfer Sting gimmick. Yeah, who knows? He might have not stuck in WCW for much long. He might have had a different, different uh, look. He could have. They maybe would have just changed his gimmick and um, gone just like Steve Borden, you know, just like I think Abyss went like Joseph Park. That's what I'm kind of getting out of that. I don't know if they if they would have went that direction, and uh, yeah, we would have never got the phenomenalness of of the Crow Sting. We would have never got. So much out of it. So much history has been brought because of this just gimmick change. Just from a movie. Just from a movie. Some wrestlers just get the little gimmick changes and just get inspiration from, you know, that. It's worked for him so much. Like I a mentioned. The fucking Joker, phenomenal the movie, Crow. though. Um, yeah. You know, I, um, I pulled up the two. I just put 2000, 2000 WWF roster. And, um, yeah, I think Triple H is a good name out there. Um I think we meant, um, let's see if you think of these ideas. I Obviously, Austin's on this list because, well, he fought already back then. Um, maybe something technical. I don't know if he ever fought Regal in WCW. Um, let's see. I'm just looking at this roster from 2000. That would maybe would have worked with him. Obviously, he fought Foley then. Um, Saturn. What do you think about Saturn? Do you think Saturn would have been something? I wouldn't have liked it, no. Uh, Let's see. Kurt Um, Henning would have been cool. Kurt Henning. Um, There is a A real good match with Kurt Henning back in like, I don't know, 90, 91. There is a name here, and I would have put him against Sting as the Crow. Maybe Raven versus Sting. Yeah, that could have been good. That could have been different. Um, uh, Not not Rikishi. Sean, I don't know. Surfer Sting versus Sean? Yeah. You can I put could that see one it. up there. Uh Steve Blackman. Eh, I don't know if it was a I think Sean I think Sean would sell for Sting. Yeah. Well, you oversold for, you know, you ridiculously <laughs> sold for Hogan. <laughs> yeah. But that um, was that was in his older years, but yeah. Yeah, that was when you have in his tantrums. Um Yeah, let's see. I see like Taz, I see Test or Test William Regal. 
Uh, let me see. There's a lot more names. Uh, Angle. I don't know if Angle would have. Maybe Angle and Surfer. He had Sting. good matches. He had good matches with Angle and in uh, Impact. Yes, and it, well, as Crow Sting, of course. But yes. Yeah. Um, Kane versus Surfer Sting. Uh, no. can I can't think of a single fucking good match that Kane had except for uh when he took the mask off. I mean when he took the mask off he had some good matches, but Yeah, maybe I had to do a what if Kane had the best match. Good matches. <laughs> <laughs> I mean he had a few out there, not to knock him down. But um well let's see, Jericho's on here. Benoit. Benoit versus Surfer Sting. Um uh, Christian, maybe Edge. Versus Surfer Sting, um, I look. I think that you know it, we're we're beating the dead horse by but, by yeah. naming all these names, but I think that Surfer Sting could have probably had a phenomenal match with any of these guys. I just don't think that uh, the character itself would have stayed relevant. Yeah. Plus, plus, like I mentioned, the wrestling was better for Surfer Sting because he got he kind of got over exhausted from like. You know, from surf, uh, from Crow Sting, he's mentioned that number of times. Like it used to stress him the hell out. His body was not the same, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the reasons why they didn't believe that he was good. They didn't want him to win the title at Starcade because they said, "Hey, his body doesn't look good." And I think he had problems. I think days before that, he just didn't look fit. Yeah. While yeah. Surfer Sting did. Well, we're gonna fucking put a bow on this, man. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this What If series. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to book it. it. It really is. But I hope that you enjoyed all the, all the conversation that we had with, uh, server sting and crow sting on this episode. I, I had a good time talking about it, man. A lot of good, uh, memories brought up good matches. Um, I'm actually going to go watch some fucking WCW right now. Some, some good old, uh, 1992. I want to go watch that cactus Jack match. I'd like to go see that, uh, war games that you pulled up that'd be fucking nice hopefully they got it on peacock uh they they might have it on there i mean melzer we'll have to do some watch alongs to some of these old fucking matches because we haven't really we haven't really done watch alongs to old old stuff we've done some stuff in the 90s we've done some stuff in the 2000s but we haven't really dug into the 1988s and and stuff like that We'll, we'll have to go back and check that stuff out but until then um Follow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram at the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Follow us on Twitter at TPWS Podcast. Buy our merch at brainbustertees.com slash other slash pro dash wrestling dash shoot. Yeah, lots of options on there, guys. Over 20 pages worth of merchandise that we have. Go and check that shit out. At least give it a a look-see. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, Please leave us a five-star review. Helps us out greatly in our algorithms and helps us find more wrestling fans like yourselves to check out our podcast. I'm Jesse Carter. He's James Pinard Jr. And we will see you here next week on the Pro Wrestling Shoot. this next award i just want to thank everybody that has shown up tonight everybody that has casted their votes and for everybody in the mw podcasting network for all of your support and belief 
and including my podcast, The Pro Wrestling Shoot. We just want to say thank you so much for tuning in, those who are watching at home. Uh, thank you so much to all of our sponsors. And now, for the moment we've all been waiting for, the final award for Best Wrestling Podcast of the Year. And I'm getting nervous. The results are in. Let's take a look. Conrad Cushman and everything pro wrestling. Thank you. Thank you so much for the award. I have a few people that I'd like to thank. Let me just get my phone out right here real quick. And the first person I'd like to thank. Yo, is, yo, hold up, man. Thank these nuts, man. Man, what the fuck is this? Yo, what the fuck is this, man? Like, that's my fucking award, bro. Man, what the fuck? Hey, don't fucking touch me. Don't touch me. Back the fuck up. Back the fuck up. That's my fucking award, and you know that's my motherfucking award, man. Man, this is bullshit, man. I want my fu- I want my goddamn award. Hold on. You motherfucker. Hold on. Chris, listen, I like Trail Talk, man. I'm a big fan. No. Oh, fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Give me this goddamn mic. Yo. Yo. You motherfuckers out there, you know goddamn well that this is... My motherfucking award, the only reason I ain't win this shit is because of those motherfuckers, Jesse and James, man. Those fucking boring-ass motherfuckers out here, they fucking hey, everything up, secu- man. Security, can we this get this guy off the stage? Fuck, what? Man, fuck that shit. Give me this we, fucking award, I don't hey, want to hear that hey, shit, security, man. stop this guy, stop fuck, this guy. Give me this shit. Grab him, No, hey, grab you him. better not fucking touch me. Don't fucking right. touch me. Get your goddamn hands off me, man. Get your goddamn hands off me, motherfucker. Get the fuck Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Th- thank you, you so much. Yeah. Fuck you, man. Get this guy fuck out this of here. Fuck this shit. Le- fuck that pussy ass award. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so sorry for this. Um, sorry, Conrad. You can go ahead and give your speech now that we got rid of this guy. I, I apologize. Um, MW Network, uh, you guys got to get control of this guy. Let's not invite him to next year's awards, please. Conrad, the floor is yours. Yeah, I'd like to thank everybody for this award. And it looks like I'm being told to wrap this up. So uh, I want to thank everybody who listens to the podcast, my fans. And uh, thank you, God. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you guys so much for coming to the MW Podcasting Network's award ceremonies. We will see you again next year.
This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Here we go again. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Hey, what's up? This is your host, Jesse Carter. Pro Wrestling Shoot. It's about to get in. 